traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. In the squadron, they called him bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Phew. Hi. Uh... All right, all right, all right. Are they really putting migrants in schools with children in New York City? They are. They are. Uh, you heard about what's going on in Brooklyn. I think some in Queens. There are these. Are, these are schools for kids, and they go to gym class. And Eric, I told you this guy was a buffoon. Is sending migrants to the uh, to the gymnasium of schools. That's all right. They will be separated. Uh, they'll be separated from the kids. How? Oh, there's no chance that a kid's going to wander off, maybe, or a one of these migrants is going to possibly just go where they're not authorized to go. Children and migrants are going to be in the same location. This is totally insane. We got to get this fixed, like, right away. Seriously, let's call Schumer's office. Let's just, this is, this is lunacy. And those proud parents, I saw them, those concerned parents, I mean, it makes absolutely no sense. You know, New York City kids, New York City schools, let's face it, uh, not exactly the best in the world. And now we're making them worse. And now beyond worse, we're making them unattendable, unattendable. Uh, this is uh, this is Eric Adams's New York. He bragged during the campaign. He said, oh, yes, send me your tired, your poor. Send us all those people, all those people from the border to New York City. Well, uh how do you like it now, huh? Sanctuary City, my foot. Wow. Sanctuary City. Uh, this is insane. We don't like it. The people need to uh, speak out, need to roar. This is a time. I don't care where you live. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican. I don't care if you're a communist. Anybody looking at this would know this is insane. All right. Now, I've heard for years now about certain powerful interests that are really focused on children, right? You've heard the same things. Well, is this proof for what? What in the hell? Could, how, how is this defendable? We got to get some people on the phone. We got to go to um, everybody we know, every important person we know, and, uh, and alert them to this. This is happening in, gosh, New York City public schools, right? I mean, it shouldn't be. This is. All right, so... How can we put this together? Seriously, give me a, um, do I just call Chuck Schumer? You know, Chuck Schumer hates my guts. He does. He once walked out of an interview that I ran. <laughs> I was running. He just, he, he walked out. He was got so mad. I'm like, you know, you're all against the border wall, but here you are in 2005 supporting a border fence, fence wall. What's the difference? Now, this guy went to Harvard Law School. I figured he could handle it. Instead, he just blew a gasket and basically threw me out of the office. He commanded that the camera be turned off, uh, and I didn't. It wasn't a very experienced cameraman. I can't believe he uh, turned the camera off, and I didn't leave the office. We go into his conference room. He's like, "Now look," <laughs> he gives me a "Now look," like he was in charge. Um, but he can't. He can't countenance this, right? Nobody can. So there's that, and we'll follow up very shortly. 
The other stuff is the, well, the Durham report. Durham, oh boy. It's 300 pages. Look, this information is uh, is actually dynamite. Uh, you got to really work to find it. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I think Durham was doing the swamp a favor. It's shrouded in bureaucrat language, and he doesn't seem to be particularly alarmed at anything. Even when he says right there, if you read between the lines, sometimes he's like, it is unclear why they were so favorable to Hillary Clinton and so unfavorable to Donald Trump. Perhaps it had something to do with Peter Strzok's uh, known adverse reaction to Donald Trump's politics, right? And just the, it was very polite. It was too polite, you know? I mean, just say it. Just say it. Uh, please, if there's anything we've learned uh, by 2023, just say it. It's 300 pages long, obviously written on government time. It took him four years to put this stuff together, four years that is uh, unacceptable, unacceptable, as um, as Bill de Blasio would say. It it should not have taken this long. We all know that. All right. Now, let's see. The executive summary is meant to bore people. Um, I'm still going through it. 300 pages. I'm about 60 so far. I mean, it's it's dense. It's like reading the phone book at times and it, or, or like the instructions on how to build a, a printing press. It is so involved in so many rabbit holes and so so. It's taking a while to come to terms with it, but bottom line, they blew off all of their rules. Now, they didn't necessarily break the law, but they blew off all of their rules, all of their standard protocol, all of their uh, standard operating procedure when it came to Trump. They basically heard a rumor about Trump and then started a full-scale investigation into the campaign. George Papadopoulos, Paul Manafort, uh, Carter Page. Uh, those guys, full on. Now, there are levels of investigation. You have an inquiry, then you have a preliminary inquiry, and then you get approval, and then you have a pre-investigation, and then you have an investigation, and then you have a full investigation. This is all there in the in the, in the the handbook of the FBI, all 75 volumes, okay? They have so many rules and uh, standard operating procedures, right? And they're supposed to do all that stuff when it, when opening an investigation into anybody, into anybody, somebody walks off the street and says, "Hey, uh, I heard something about um, uh, Sid Rosenberg. Yeah, I I heard he's doing this, that, and the other thing, and you guys should look into that." And what they'll do is they'll write it down, and uh, depending, <laughs> they say, "Yeah, you're." They might say, uh, "Thank you," and they might maybe I'm the first person to walk in on Sid Rosenberg, or maybe I'm the seventh to walk in on Sid Rosenberg, or maybe I'm the seven hundredth to walk in on Sid Rosenberg. Whatever. They have files on that. They actually have files. They open it and they can look at that. And, and are there any other people coming in and saying stuff about Sid Rosenberg? Are there uh, and then they talk to everybody else in government. They talk to the CIA. They talk to the Department of Justice. They talk to uh, they talk to federal law enforcement across the board. There's federal law enforcement outside of uh, the FBI. That's not the only. And they talk to all these things. Does anybody have anything on Sid Rosenberg? And if the answer is nope, well, that makes the initial, uh, you know, my little tip a little less, uh, a little less juicy, a little less credible, and it's less likely that they're going to open an investigation. So they hear this crazy rumor about some guy they never heard of, George Papadopoulos, who said something vaguely about, yeah, I think we might get some stuff from uh, Russia. And who did he say that to? Some Australian diplomat who also had a beef with Trump. 
and they open a full-scale investigation? Now, you don't do that. And by the way, you know how many investigations were going on into the Hillary Clinton campaign? And they were following every single rule. And they were using those rules to help her. There were so many rules that they could hide behind them and they could delay. They used the bureaucracy to protect her. And they used the, they blew off the bureaucracy really to fast track that investigation into Trump. Uh, what else is in here? Peter Strzok and uh, Lisa Page. Remember all that stuff? The lovebirds? Well, there's even more textual messaging between them, more than I thought initially. Um, it's interesting. They say that they say Trump is a Russian spy. They basically say he's a Russian spy. Right. And and sometimes other people have said he's a rapist. All right. He's a rapist. He's a Russian spy. Oh, and he's a racist. He's all the these are the worst things you could ever be. And they get bent out of shape when he fires back and he makes fun of factual information. So whatever uh, Strzok and uh, Page are getting it on and he's running the investigation into Trump. He's telling her how much they both hate Trump and we're going to get him. We're going to stop him. There are many more messages like that in the in the Durham report, which is way too polite. And this guy is way was way too slow. John Durham. Now, he slow walked this thing on purpose. This was juicy information. We should have had it in the 2020 campaign. He got commissioned to do this report four years ago, April of 2019. The executive summary is 10 pages long. It it did not. This was bureaucratic trickery, I do believe. Uh, I've never met John Durham. I've never even heard the guy speak. Anyway, remember that when uh, they say Trump is a monster when he does stuff like this. Remember what they said of him first. Cut 19, please. Peter Strzok. And his lover, Lisa Page. (laughs) Remember? Lisa, I love you so much. Lisa, please, Lisa, please. I heard that Peter Strzok needed a restraining Uh. order to keep him away from his once lover. Ah, Lisa, I hope you miss him. And then they were so horrified by that. They had Lisa Page on MSNBC. And, like, she needed uh, counseling. She had PTSD because... He was highlighting something she actually did. Yeah, she had an affair with Peter Strzok. Doesn't make her the worst person in the world, all right? But it happened. And uh, she's there scheming with her cronies on the seventh floor of uh, the J. Edgar Hoover building. It tells you something about the FBI that they haven't renamed that building. It's still called the Hoover building. We know a lot about J. Edgar Hoover and all the stuff that he put uh, Martin Luther King through. Um, apparently he had all kinds of proclivities and that's fine. And back then I'm, 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 I'm sorry. He couldn't be his, his true cross-dressing self. I really wish he could have been because I don't think that should be held against any adult. All right. You want to do that stuff? Fine. If you're an adult and I know people were persecuted for that way back in the day. Oh, by the way, I'm going to persecute you. If you ever hang around kids and try to push that crap on kids, I will persecute and I'll try to get you prosecuted as well. And I don't care what your orientation is. I don't care what kind of clothes you wear, all right? All kinds of people have done that. It's horrible. It's one of the worst things imaginable. Anyway, J. Edgar Hoover, they still call the gut, gosh darn building, the Hoover building. And that's really, really screwed up. Remember this. When Trump said this out loud, he's <laughs> a friend of mine told me a long time ago. I said, what is it about Trump? Why? Why? What? There's something about him. And 
because I was trying, I was working on my imitation of Trump and I was really in the early stages of trying to, what is it about this guy? And he told me he's always right. He's always right. It's always true. And he's always right. And this, when they, they thought he was again, certifiably when he's running around saying the FBI spied on my campaign, it was, he was totally a thousand percent accurate. Cut 16, please. But they've been spying on my campaign. I told you that a long time ago. They spied on my campaign. That's right. They spied on my campaign. And if they were Democrats, they would have been in jail two years ago. Hard to believe it could have happened, but it did. They were spying in my campaign. By the way, they spied on my campaign. They got caught. (laughs) Uh, They sure as hell did. They really did. They got busted. They got totally busted. Um, Hmm. John Durham is born in, uh, where's Bill Barr and all of this? Now, the FBI is saying we've got all kinds of new rules. We have all kinds of new rules that will prevent this from happening again. Funny thing is, Durham, I guess they didn't read the report like I did. Durham says out loud in the report, based on everything I found and all the treachery in here, I'm actually not recommending new rules and new regulations. They have enough of those. How many training modules can you put people through? The bottom line is people have to act with fidelity, bravery, and integrity. That's the actual, the, the motto of the FBI, Federal Bureau of Investigation, or somebody came up with fidelity, bravery, and integrity in supporting and defending uh, the people of the United States, the Constitution of the United States. Instead, it's uh, fraudulently biased inquiries. I came up with that one. Or forgetting basic instructions. These instructions are already on the books. All right, you can't be biased. You can't do political favors. You can't uh, wage political vendettas. And if you do, quite frankly, apparently there's not much we can do about it. Trying to come up with a good analogy. Anybody see see the movie The Firm? Remember when Tom Hanks – no, not Tom Hanks. Tom Cruise – goes on that business trip to Mexico and fools around with that girl on the beach, even though he's married. And the firm, because it's so sinister and nasty, actually took pictures of him on the beach. And when he gets back, they, uh, the security officer says, hey, I got to have a talk with you. Now, uh, if anybody tries to blackmail you and they put the pictures in front of him oh, about this information, please come right to us, okay? We want to protect you and the firm, all right? So we're going to keep these under lock and key. Tom Cruise loses his mind. He has to tell his wife right away. That's a disaster. Good move, though, in telling the wife right away, actually. Um, But the difference here with Trump is he never fooled around with prostitutes in some uh, hotel room in Moscow. I don't think he ever actually was in Moscow. The time that they had the the Miss Universe pageant, it was in Leningrad, St. Petersburg. Anyway, I know it's kind of dry. I know it's kind of tedious to make your way through a 300-page manual laden with bureaucratic ease and all kinds of texts about rules and regulations. And it's way it's, it's tough, but I'm going through it and there is some dynamite in here. It's concealed. It's camouflaged on purpose. Um, But bottom line, the FBI, sorry to say is a thoroughly and completely corrupt organization. It must be disbanded immediately and replaced um, by a new entity we need federal law enforcement. I'm not saying I don't believe in federal law enforcement, but for the FBI, sorry, you're canceled. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. My Coast Guard aides have been excellent. One of them taught me that 
And I quote, the Coast Guard is that hard nucleus about which the Navy forms in time of war. Ronald Reagan in 1988, speaking at the Coast Guard Academy commencement. And, you know, military services, services, we uh, there's good ribbing, good natured ribbing and rivalry. That's fine. What did he say? The Coast Guard is that hard nucleus about which the Navy forms in times of war. Get it? All right. That the Coast Guard is like, that's the center of the universe and the Navy. They're just hanging on. All right. Ha ha ha. It's kind of a, yeah, and the Coast Guard, that's funny. And he was at a Coast Guard installation. And you want to hear... It's 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 commencement season, right? These are when the presidents show up and give speeches. Uh, Joe Biden gave a horribly divisive uh, speech at Howard University filled with lies. And it got me thinking about moments like this. Biden actually spoke at the Coast Guard Academy at their graduation as president. You heard Ronald Reagan say that joke. It was beautiful, made total sense, right? Especially if you're in the Coast Guard. Listen to Biden totally butcher it and blame the audience for not getting it. Ready? Cut 25. I can only assume that you will enjoy educating your family about how the Coast Guard is, quote, the hard nucleus around the Navy forms in times of war. You are quite, you're a really dull class. I mean, come on, man. Is the sun getting to you? I would think you'd have an opportunity when I say that about the Navy to clap, but being here together. <laughs> he gets it all wrong. He he accuses the class of being dull. He's the dim-witted idiot who could not get that simple story right. What a horrible guy. I mean, in every respect. Ooh, that's, uh, that's something else, isn't it? All right, so what's our plan? How are we going to stop this thing at the school? Seriously, I feel like calling the police. I mean, there are a bunch of uh, there are a bunch of adults hanging around a school. I'm sure there's a sign somewhere at the school that says you have to be a student or work there to be at the school, right? You know, authorized persons only aren't by definition. If you're a foreigner here illegally, you're not authorized to be in one of the most precious places where we have our children, especially in times like these. I mean, schools, it's a dangerous place to be sometimes. Look at the news. Uh, seriously, how are we going to, we got, we, we got to stop it. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Now on MSNBC, several new allegations this morning about an investigation into Donald Trump's campaign and ties to Russia. His very uh, explosive charge that there was coordination between Donald Trump and the Russian government. This remarkable detail about Donald Trump and the Russian government. Whether Donald Trump himself is just uh, a puppet for the Kremlin. Well, it was all a bunch of lies. Uh, A lot of those lies cooked up by Hillary Clinton, his political opponent, fed to the FBI and uh, very willingly, I wouldn't say gullibly because they knew exactly what they were doing. They opened a full investigation into the Trump campaign. Why? So they could, well, sabotage the uh, campaign, sabotage the presidency, a fishing expedition. Maybe we can find something else about him uh, because this is uh, BS. Oh, by the way. And they knew it right away. They knew it. Nothing was turning up. All of their experts said, we don't have anything. There's nothing between Trump and Russia. Nothing. Um, so what do they do? They, they A couple of perjury traps, right? Michael Flynn, perjury trap. We got we to gotta bring that FBI guy down here and talk about a perjury trap. When they want somebody to lie, 
to the FBI, that's apparently a very big crime. All right. People tell lies all the time. But if you tell the lie to the FBI, oh, boy, you can go to federal prison for that. Amazing, huh? Amazing. I mean, Comey is a full-time liar. Full-time. He's a full-time liar, that guy. But if you lie to him when he had the job, <laughs> very strange, really bad. All right, so I told you about the page Strzok, some other stuff that I had not read before. Let's see here. Um, Strzok, this is to Paige, his girlfriend. Strzok, Bernie Sanders is an idiot, just like Trump. Paige, what an utter idiot. Strzok, no doubt. By the way, why is this important? Because they're running the investigation into Trump. All right, they're out to sabotage his campaign. He has the full authority. He's running this investigation. And this is how he feels. Listen to this, Page. God, Trump is a loathsome human. Strzok, yet he may win the Republican nomination. Good for Hillary. Page, it is. Strzok, would he be a worse president than Cruz? Page, Trump, yes, I think so. Strzok, I'm not sure. OMG, Trump's an idiot. Page, he's awful. Strzok, America will get what the voting public deserves. Page, that's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of these two characters. Who the hell elected them to anything and they have all that power? This is the swamp. This is the deep state right here. They think they're better than us. They think they're smarter than us. And quite frankly, yeah, for a time, they had a hell of a lot more power than we do, right? What a a silly fool I am, right? Thinking that this is a democracy. Our democratically elected leaders had oversight over these people. Strzok, God, Hillary should win 100 million to zero. Page and holy expletive. Cruz just dropped out of the race. It's going to be a Clinton Trump race. Unbelievable. Strzok. What? And he's got a million exclamation points and question marks. Page. You heard that right, my friend. Strzok. I saw Trump won. Figured it would be a bit. Now the pressure really starts to finish the Clinton email investigation. Page. It sure does. Strzok. Oh, turn it on. Turn it on. Turn it on. The, can I say this? The D, the D, D. Yeah, I can say this. I don't like the word. I'll say it once so you know. Douche. I don't care for that word. All right. But it's a very popular word these days, especially with uh, Generation Z and apparently senior level people at the FBI. The douche bags are about to come out. You can tell by the excitable clapping page. And wow, Donald Trump is an enormous D word. Strzok. Hi, how is Trump other than a D word? (laughs) Page. Trump barely spoke, but the first thing out of his mouth was, we're going to win so big. The whole thing is is like living in a bad dream. Strzok. Trump is a disaster. I have no idea how destabilizing his presidency would be. Page. Have we opened on him yet? Trump and Putin? Yes, it's really a thing. And there's a link to some talking points memo. Which is what is that? That's just some. That's just some website that people read. It's some blog. It's some blog. They're getting tips from blogs. And Strzok opened on Trump. If Hillary did, you know, five field offices would. All right. So Strzok is going off the impression. And this is where we have to point out that the rank and file FBI are not like this. Rank and file FBI are apolitical. Want to do a good job. These political creatures at the top, they're out of control. He's actually alluding to that somehow. The field offices would be more than willing to investigate Hillary Clinton. Well, they're more than willing to investigate wrongdoing, real wrongdoing. And it looks like there was real wrongdoing at the Hillary Clinton campaign, but people like Strzok and Page interfered with the field agents from pursuing. Page, 
This is the famous one. This is the one. This is the one. August 8, 2016. Page. Trump's not going to become president, right? Right? Strzok. No. No, he's not. We'll stop it. Now, that's in this uh, Durham report. He kind of like downplays it. I mean, it's there, but it's not like he makes a big deal out of it. I mean, this is similarly, this is Durham writing, all right? Similarly, as discussed in more detail below, FBI attorney, FBI Office of the General Counsel Attorney Kevin Kleinsmith made troubling statements demonstrating a blatant political bias against Trump. Kleinsmith, who played a central role in the Page FISA process on the day after Trump's election as president, stated to fellow FBI personnel, among other things, Viva la resistance, an obvious reference to those individuals opposed to Trump. Although those involved in opening the crossfire hurricane investigation denied that bias against Trump was a factor in opening the investigation, the communications quoted above quite clearly show, at least on the part of certain personnel intimately involved in the matter, a predisposition to open an investigation into Trump. I mean, what page is this on? This is on page 51. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's dynamite stuff. Let's see what the, let's see. Fox News is not reporting this. MSNBC, special counsel, they actually are reporting it, but they've been dipping their toe into the water every, or just so they can officially say they did it. Let's see. Uh, let's see how long they stay on that. Oh, and what they do is they actually have people on to come on and say, oh, this is nothing. They couldn't prosecute anybody. They actually had Andrew McCabe, the guy who ordered, who signed off on the investigation into into Donald Trump. He was on CNN last night. Why was he on CNN? Because he works there. He works there. And Lisa Page works at MSNBC. Okay, I see now they are downplaying the report. They're downplaying it. They're dismissing it. And they're also kind of trying to confuse the audience, right? Going down rabbit holes. The moment you start talking about FISA warrants, you lose half the audience. You can, you got it, but you have to go through it baby steps. It's very important. Um, now I'll admit, I mean, it's, it is tough to decipher this. However, however, remember the Mueller report? Remember when they jumped up and down about that? Any little tidbit, any little tidbit from, from Mueller for months, they were leaking for years. They were leaking. What would it be like? It would be like, uh, <laughs> it would be like what we just heard. Uh, what was that? Uh, cut 17. Now on MSNBC, several new allegations this morning right. about an investigation into Donald Trump's campaign allegations and ties to Russia. About an investigation. Uh, explosive charge. That there this was, was the soundtrack of our lives. Donald Trump and the Russian government. This, this is the noise. About Donald Trump and yeah. the Russian government. Wow. Whether Donald Trump himself he didn't do a damn thing with the Russians, all right? And when are they going to beat the drum like that? That's what I'm a little bit frustrated about. Special counsel report finds no deep state conspiracy right there. They find no deep. You see, I knew it. I knew MSNBC was doing this to defend the deep state, to defend the FBI. Wow. <laughs> Aspects of the FBI handling of the, of the FBI probe were deficient, deficient. He does couch things like that. This report came out in 2023. Two years at least too late. Three years too late. Thanks a lot, John. John Durham. I'm sorry, but I've always been a little bit wary of guys with goatees. I mean, what's up with the goatee? I mean, invest. just go with the beard. 
or go home. Go beard or go home. No goatee. It makes you look a little bit evil. I mean, that's very obvious, but it's true. Look at all these pictures of uh, John Durham. That's a very strange thing to do with the hair and the chin and the mustache and stuff like that. Um, is that pre- is that prejudicial? Is that not nice? I just is there one guy we like with a goatee? Seriously, who's a famous person with a? Go- I can't think of anybody who had Count Dracula. I don't like that guy. I also don't like Count Chocula. He has a goatee. All right. Now, while the FBI was pursuing all this nonsense, now that it's over, they're back to fighting crime, right? And really getting, no, no, they're not. You know what they're back on? (laughs) You know what they're back on? Cut 21, please. This is what they're all about now. I will say that a uh, majority of the um, domestic terrorism uh, cases that we've investigated uh, are motivated by some version of what you might call white supremacists are motivated by what you might call some version of white supremacy. Wow. Uh, talk about a couple of uh, are motivated by what some call would be some version of white supremacy. I got to put that down in writing tonight. All right. Are mo- can I hear? <laughs> I don't That's Christopher Ray, the FBI director. All right. Now, white supremacy is a joke, by the way. It's abhorrent. All right. It's ludicrous. Anybody who thinks that any race is better than any other race is crazy. Uh, or actually there are some who are very, very cool. If you think the black race is better than everybody else. I mean, why the hell else are we capitalizing the B all of a sudden? The B in black must be capitalized. Why is that? Is black better than white? I don't think so. I think it's all equal, right? Remember how quaint, you know how old fashioned this sounds, right? No, white people, right? You got to apologize for the white privilege and stand down and sit back and what, what, what? Hey, we're all just people struggling to get by. Although you will struggle a lot less with you know who in your life, God and Jesus. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I, I, I look at these chumps at the FBI, Strzok, Page, McCabe, Comey, right? And I think of them plotting and scheming and thinking that they could actually stop Trump. Because you know what they didn't factor in? God. All right. He sees everything. He knows everything. All right. And he can, he can, he can fix it. He can totally turn anything around for his good, for, for our good, for he can just, and to see that the entire FBI executive corps and the media and everybody else plotting and scheming and trying to stop Trump every step of the way. And look at him now, oh, by the way, look at him now. On top of the polls, looks like he's cruising, cruising to victory. I know a lot's going to happen. It's going to be, it's going to get weird. It's going to get crazy. But you think some guy named Peter Strzok and his girlfriend, Lisa Page, can stop Trump? <laughs> you haven't, uh, no, no. You you should have, um, I don't know, maybe you should have read the Bible. All these people, right? And myself included. I didn't get, I didn't uh, really see the light until much much later. And every now and then I can I can get so blind and I can get so caught up in myself and I can forget the bigger I'm no better than anybody, oh by the way, all right? But uh he 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 is the key and that's what these people lost sight of. And you know, uh should we play this Joe Biden thing one more time? I think it's pretty funny. Did you see what I did last night about this speech? All right, first of all, this is at Howard University, which is, what do they call it, a historically black college, right? 
or it's a university, historically black colleges and universities, HBCUs, which are great. They play a role. We, but uh, Howard in Washington, D.C., listen to what Joe Biden had for that audience, cut 22. Stand up against the poison of white supremacy as I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. Pandering. That's pandering. And all right. So white supremacy. Why is he talking to white supremacy in front of primarily a black audience? Hmm? He seems to be aware of uh, that, that he might be open to charges of, well, pandering. Cut 23. And I'm not saying this because I'm at a black HBCU. I say wherever I go. <laughs> I don't like the way he says black. Right. He says it like it's a dirty word. Black. I don't, I'm not doing this because I'm at a black uh, HBCU. Well, anyway, we looked it up. Uh, yeah, he usually does it in front of uh, historically black colleges and universities, right? He conspicuously doesn't do it when he goes in front of, say, the U.S. Naval Academy or the Coast Guard Academy or, say, the United Nations General Assembly, right? There are plenty of times where he doesn't talk about it. He talks about it when he thinks he can exploit it, and that's what his whole presidency is about exploiting people, using them, pandering to enhance his power and, well, stay protected in the White House. That's he really needs that. Otherwise, I really think he and Hunter would be going to jail. Give me a moment, please. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So Newsmax, my 10 p.m. show on Newsmax is beating CNN. That's a very big deal. All right. Now, uh, why is that such a big deal? All right. So you're a better news show than CNN. Yeah, of course. But but consider this. I mean, there are millions of TVs in the country, in the world that automatically have CNN. You don't have to do anything to get CNN. It comes with the TV, basically. Uh, Newsmax, <laughs> you got to call this number. You got to call that number. Uh, they'll, uh, th- then they won't even give it to you. Then you got to call back and it's a big hassle. Sometimes, sometimes there are great cable providers out there, but there are plenty who are giving us the runaround, you know, and they took us off certain systems for a while. Uh, so we don't have nearly the distri- distribution and reach that CNN has. And there, uh, I'm having more people watch my show than all of CNN, uh, that's uh, that's pretty cool. And some other uh, Newsmax shows actually uh, 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 doing that. Eric Bowling, congratulations. The, the Chris Plant guy. Haven't met him yet, but I look forward to uh, to that. So thank you to everybody out there. All right. So uh, hi, Sandra. Oh, hi, Greg. How you doing? Good. What's up? Um, I, I wanted to ask you your opinion on this. Um, our favorite mayor, Eric Adams, is about to sign... Um, a bill that will uh, ban discrimination against height and weight of people. Now, I've been looking at a lot of comments that people are making regarding this, and no one's all, no one's for it. And I wanted your opinion, but I did want to give mine. If they're going to ban that, you know, it's going to open a lot of lawsuits. Like, for instance, one woman sued her the delicatessen because he wouldn't hire her because he said she wouldn't fit behind the counter. So she got sued. He had to make a counter that would let her fit so she could work there. <laughs> then they spent like they bought a thousand of those chairs that you see in the supermarkets to get the people to be able to get around in the office settings. Now, my point is this. If they're going to ban that, 
okay, I want to see them ban age discrimination because as an executive recruiter, Greg, I saw so many talented people that got shuffled to the wayside because they saw too many numbers on the resume. Mm. So if I were, I would love to see on your resume, you write down all, all the, right. I know you can already be, you can look, you can be sued for anything, including age discrimination. All right. That's already, I think on the books. Look, uh, I know what it's like to carry extra weight. Okay, I know what it's like. I've had a I've had a battle uh, battle with the bulge for a long time now. All right, it fluctuates wildly at times. I know what that's like, uh, but it's ludicrous. It's a ludicrous bill, and I saw that one person. You know, she insisted on being hired to run aerobics classes, yet she had great big flabby arms. I'm sorry, but there are certain things you can't do. Uh, not many, but some that you can't do with great big flabby arms. And one of them is run aerobics classes. Uh, Sandra, uh, thank you so much. And look, I got to get to Barbara now before we go. Barbara, hi, hi, hi. Hi, Greg. I'm, I'm listening to what you say about the Durham report and how long and ponderous it is to read. Mm. And could that have been done so that people won't read it? Well, you're agreeing with James Madison, our founder, who said it will be a li- of little avail to the people that the laws and in this case, the reports are made by men of their own choice. If these be so voluminous that they cannot be read or so incoherent that they cannot be understood. And any professional knows it is easy to write a report or a letter that your listener will not understand or the reader will not understand. People do that all the time. Doctors, accountants, um, scientists. It's not a good thing. But it's often done so that people won't understand and won't ask questions and also to impress people that they should pay you a ton of money for writing this report because it's so professional that even you can't understand it. <laughs> Gosh, what a wise man. And you, what a wise woman. Who said that? I think it was Mark Twain said something like, uh, you know, I can I can write a book. Uh, I can write a book faster than I can write a poem or something like that. What is that old adage if, uh, about about writing? If, you, if it has to be short, it's much longer. It takes It's a lot harder to do. It takes a lot more concentration and brain power to keep it succinct, to keep it pithy, right? You put your finger right on it. When I started doing this religious freedom work and other writing and speaking, the most difficult thing for me was to become succinct and impactful in as few words as possible. And that is a hard-learned skill. All right. Well, that's one quote, because I know that quote's out there. Give me there's a dip. another. There's another quote similar to that that says, one of the founders wrote it. He said, I apologize for writing this long letter, but I didn't have enough time to make it shorter. That's the one. Who said that? Okay. I don't know. Uh, can you find out? <laughs> Uh, yes. Oh, you're yes. the best. Thank you, Barbara. That Thank you so much. Love it. All right. There's the music. I'll be back shortly. Thank you. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is uh, what? Okay. What? Oh, yeah. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Adams says migrants could be put in 20 New York City school gyms. Mayor Eric Adams on Tuesday said 20 city public school gyms are now being eyed to hold migrants, although he claimed it's just a possibility, despite photos showing beds set up in two of them and principals warning parents about the move. No integrity, this guy whatsoever. Zero. None. 
You know, they have school board meetings about what books uh, potentially might be in the school library, and they can be pretty contentious, and rightfully so. Some of that smut they want to be they they want to have in the schools, totally unacceptable, unacceptable. And here they're just putting these they're putting full grown adults into the school without a without a debate, without a school board, without anything, without a no. This is just happening by uh, by decree. Adams maintained that the city has not yet main, uh, has not yet become so inundated with migrants that they need to be housed in the gyms, saying those were who were photographed in a Brooklyn gymnasium over the weekend were there for only a few hours. This guy is such a liar, I'm telling you. In the wee hours Tuesday at another Brooklyn school gym, a small busload of migrant men was dropped off to stay there for a few hours before being whisked off again. A source with direct knowledge of the situation told the Post, we have 20 standalone gymnasiums throughout the city that are not part of the school building. They are on the list of potential locations we may have to use. What happened to that big island? Remember the island he was going to use? The one in, uh, what was that, Randall's Island, where they set up everything? Uh, and then they realized, oh, wait a second. Mm, why didn't that work out? Was that the one that flooded? No, that was Orchard Beach. Another uh, crazy idea of his. He's just not up to the task. He just doesn't have the administrative skill to do this job. Hey, you know, <laughs> there'll never be another uh, Bloomberg again. Yeah, I know he had his uh, he had his issues. But the city was safe, right? Totally. And uh, never be another Giuliani again. Or maybe they were, there, there will be. But this guy's no Rudy, obviously. He's a corrupt fool in way over his head. And a lot of people knew that. A lot of people in the media knew that. But they kept their mouths shut. Why? Well, because of silly racial identity politics. And uh, given the pecking order in our warped society, what could reporters do? They couldn't pick on the black guy, so they decided to pick on the Asian guy. How about... Picking apart resumes, picking apart temperament, picking apart record. Don't focus so much on <laughs> what's on the outside. Know what I mean? All right. Let's see here. The parents are really upset. This is really a bad deal. And maybe, just maybe, he's getting scared right now because I'm seeing amazing parents from all walks of life showing up at schools and saying, uh, this is not going to happen. No way. No way. Hey, by the way, did you see my on my Newsmax show this this great couple? They're getting married this weekend. They were kicked out of a hotel. Uh, friends and family, they're getting married up in Newburgh. And they had dozens of people coming from all over the country. So they reserved a block of rooms at a hotel in Newburgh, New York. And two days ago, they get the call. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> all those reservations are canceled. The wedding is this Saturday. Why? Because a bunch of illegal migrants are going to take are going to take those those rooms. And I guess there's big money to be to be made, right? There's a lot of money flowing around right now. Why is this happening? Why is the government facilitating this? Why do they want all these people who don't hold our values necessarily? Look, you come here legally. I said before, it's the most beautiful thing in the world, right? People from all over the globe coming to America because they want to be Americans, because they want to if ha- they want to support the Constitution, they love our way of life. They they even promise if you become a citizen, if you come here and take the oath, you've got to do things that people who were born here don't have to do. You have to swear that you will take up arms to defend the country. And if you're a conscientious objector, they say, well, OK, but you've got to you've got to actually work in the defense industry if we need you to. And you have to swear that you'll do that. If you're born here, you don't have to take any such oath. You don't. I love immigrants, legal immigrants, right? 
here he is again. Uh, never mind. I'm sick of him. All right. So what the hell else? Um, hey, just remember this guy. He's the goofiest dude around. He wants to be president. Trump is running away with the Republican nomination, but that's getting uh, certain globalists really, really nervous and upset. And they keep trying out these other guys. And one of them is uh, Sununu, or as I like to call him, Sunoco. Whatever happened to Sunoco stations? Remember Sunoco stations? Anyway, at the town hall last week, CNN, which was, I thought it was so amazing. You know, the audience, they get it. They know those allegations against Trump are are ludicrous. They know and they saw that Caitlin Collins was being a, well, it rhymes with rich. Okay, she was. And they laughed at times, appropriately so. Chris Sununu is the governor of New Hampshire. He's the governor and these people are there. Listen to what he said about his own people. Cut 31. You were not involved in making up the audience, but these oh, are no. these are people in the audience from New Hampshire, Republicans yeah. in New Hampshire, undeclared voters in that room. I was curious just what your reaction was when it you was saw them laughing. Right? Now, I, I can understand as the, as the camera panned through that audience, I knew pretty much everybody in that They're all Trump supporters. Yeah. He's embarrassed. He doesn't like <laughs> He's embarrassed by them. He knew everybody in the audience. There are a lot of people there. This is a really goofy guy. Listen to, do you think this guy can, he's, he actually thinks he can be president someday. Just listen to him. Cut 32. Are you, are you any closer to making a decision about whether or not you're going to run for president than last time I asked? Well, I guess we're, we're a few days closer, right? I, I know I probably, you know, all of us have to make some sort of decision uh, as we hit the summer months. Uh, I, I'd love to be in a debate if, if we actually go down that path. I just think that'd be really fun to kind of get on stage with some of my friends and, and really have it out and talk about real issues, not just headlines and political stunts and all that, and kind of put each other on the line. Golly gee, that would be a lot of fun, Mrs. Cleaver, right? All of us get on. What is he, right? Something running for president of the chess club. Unbelievable. He's just such a little twerp. He thinks he can stop Trump. Forget about it. Give it up. All of you, especially, especially Ron DeSantis. Sorry. All right. Now, even those even even if you really like DeSantis and I got to say, I don't think he's ever going to be ready. I don't think he's going to be ready in 2028 or 2032. He doesn't have it. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, he does not have it. Okay, he just doesn't. Uh, This has all been kind of gilded for him. Right. I mean, they have. The major donors, mega donors, falling over, bending over backwards to accommodate this guy, and he pays them no respect, and he doesn't know how to get along with people. He's arrogant as hell, and that's those are real problems. And, you know, as far as, like, real accomplishment, debatable. Very debatable. So, sorry, not going to happen. Now, I know they have this strategy. They're, they think they're going to wait until California. The California delegates, that's what's going to happen, right? The Cal- no, I don't think so. Um, all right. So we have that. We have that to contend with. We also, I do think we should touch on, you ever notice um, on TV? Well, actually, let's talk about Ken Rosado real quick, the guy on Channel 7. You know, he, he lost his gig. Apparently, reportedly, he used the C word to refer to I guess it's Shirlene Alacott. Is that her name on Channel 7? These people used to be huge giants, right? Ernie Anastas works down the, down the, down the hall there. Ernie Anastas. You, t- you go to Argentina right now, they're talking about Ernie Anastas. People always know Ernie Anastas. Nobody knows who's anchoring from 5 to 7 on Channel 7. Nobody in the world. Although I did know, <laughs> I did know Ken Rosado. 
And uh, I never met him, actually, although I think he's uh, good at what he does or good at what he did. And did he get fired for using the C word? Is that what happened? That's what they're saying. Let's see here. Uh, The anchor was fired for using the C word, but he didn't call her a C word. It wasn't like, hey, Shirlene, you're a C word. He didn't say that. Now, that's fireable. But if you mutter under your breath while you're alone, say, I don't know, in the bathroom or, you know, I don't know, in your office, but you're wearing a microphone and you say such and such is a C word. I don't know. Is that fireable? I don't think it is, actually. If Other people overheard you. That's a kind of a problem. But people think things all the time. I don't know. Is it a gray area? I think they should hire Ken back. All right. And I, I got all these pictures of Ken and Sherleen, and it looks like they're getting along just fine. So let's see here. Uh, Rosada was off air when the insult was made, but it was picked up on an open mic and he was immediately let go from uh, ABC affiliate. The page six received. I, um, I've never had a hot mic moment. I shouldn't say that. I've had a lot of hot mic moments, actually. A lot. So when I do the TV show, you know, they're recording between commercials and I'm saying all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I'm all over the place. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I can be a lunatic uh, sometimes, but I don't call people names. I can, uh, I can be pretty tough on myself, but I don't call people names. I'm aware the camera's there. I hope it's not recording, but I assume it is. I'm not going to say anything like that. I mean, that's really not nice. And I guess it would be really hard for Shirlene to work with the guy after he's, can they find another shift for him? Say anchor, uh, anchor the 5 p.m. news. Put him at night. He's probably sick of that morning shift anyway. Um, that's a solution. But I'm a solutions-oriented type person, right? Gail in Staten Island, hello. Afternoon. Good afternoon, Greg. Listen, I haven't heard, maybe I missed it, Randy Weingarten, the Federation, the head of that uh, teachers' union. Across the nation, where is she on this being put in public schools? I thought she closed them, you know, for the children and all the teachers. And we have 11 acres, I think, in uh, Manhattan at Crazy Mansion. Why don't they put the uh, illegal migrants there? Now that is a great idea. Now that is an idea. If they're going to put them in Central Park, they're going to put them in school gymnasiums. That's a big chunk of real estate right there. Hey, oh, by the way, uh, it's not like Eric is raising a young family and needs the space. First of all, young families live in small apartments. Why the hell does the mayor of New York get a mansion anyway? Why does he get a mansion? What makes him so special? Live, live in an apartment, live in a, live in a house in Queens like everybody else. What, 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 why? We got to start something on that, right? We got to get rid of that dumb thing. Gracie Mansion, which, oh, by the way, I've been there. It's not all that. It is big. It's spacious. But you get a really crummy view of the river. And the FDR Drive is right there. It's loud as hell. And it just doesn't seem like a peaceful place. I uh, I have no interest. If I became the mayor, which is a, a possibility, might be remote, I would opt to not live in Gracie Mansion. There. All right. My first campaign promise. Well, I'm not campaigning. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, Randy Weingarten always just scamming to figure out how to give teachers more time off. Notice that? She's really passionate about that. And uh, anyway, Gail, great point. Love you. Appreciate it. And I also, again, appreciate all of you who have sought out my book. It's, uh, it's, It's still doing well. It's still selling. It's called Justice for All. 
how the left is wrong about law enforcement. And one of the things in there, I go through it rather methodically. I take apart this fool of a general, uh, Mark Milley, who fortunately is about to be kicked out. All right. His, his career is almost done. But this is a dangerous guy. Never, ever, ever should have had that job. It's my real, my, my only beef with Trump is that he didn't fire his ass the moment he apologized for walking with the president for two seconds. Remember, he wasn't even photographed with Trump in front of that church. Remember when Trump held up the Bible and everybody said it was the worst thing in the world? It's totally beautiful. It was a totally beautiful moment. And Mark Milley, domestic political animal. Be back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Did they work out the debt ceiling thing? Just, all right. I, I guess we don't want to default. Maybe we will. I don't want $200 million for that silly park in, uh, in California, and I also don't want think ten million dollars for some hip hop museum uh, uptown is uh, is worthy either. Sooner or later, we have to take a hold of this budget and gut the crap. I mean, there's so much pork. I can't stand it when uh, when the beautiful people, right? When the economists tell me, "Oh, that's very very little." You know what? Well, uh, it's the first to go. If it's very very little, let's get rid of that first. Let's get rid of all of the nonsense. And that goes for you political leaders, too, you members of Congress, even Republicans. You know, you're too uh, bringing home the pork, right? I guess you think that's part of the job description. A lot of them live in fear that they're going to be primaried. Just do your six years and get out. Do four years and get out. Do eight years and get out. Now, having said that, I don't think term limits are a good idea. Yep, I don't think term limits are a good idea. And if you want to know why I don't like term limits, well, read this Durham report. All right? It's all about uh, unelected people by unelected people <laughs> investigating people who we want to elect. Trump. I mean, there's so much power outside of the people's hands. There's very little oversight. The Oversight Committee, they're, they're trying to get documents from the FBI. The FBI is saying no, just no, flat out no. We're not going to do that. They think they're better. They think they're – they don't have to answer to the people, and they do. They do. It's uh, it's amazing. And who, who called a couple of weeks ago and said, like, they're so far adrift from their original mission? And I think it was um, – Someone called me from New Jersey and said, there's a scene. And by the way, we watched Roger and me. I couldn't find the scene or I had somebody do it. They couldn't find the scene. But he goes to talk to the head of GM and he goes to the information desk and they close down and he says, I just want some information. And he says, we don't give information here. And it was the information booth. Uh, they're, they're just the federal government. They're, they're just so removed from the Constitution, removed from what the Founding Fathers were talking about. And it even lists in the Constitution the things that the government was going to be charged with. And there is some stuff that maybe isn't a thousand percent obvious, all right? They're going to regulate interstate commerce, all right? You can see how that could get bureaucratic really quick. There is a role for government, all right? There is totally, of course. I understand that. Um but do we really need a police force for the National Oceanography Administration? No, there's a National Oceanography Agency, and they've got their own federal police force. That's uh, I don't think the founding fathers were thinking about that. And I also have got to say, I was so brainwashed as a kid 
I don't blame my teachers. I don't blame uh, my parents. I don't blame. I think everybody meant well. Uh, but we went to the United Nations as little kids, right, to see the United Nations. And what a glorious, beautiful building that was, a tour, right? You went, didn't you go when you were in fourth grade to see the United Nations? And I just thought, and this stayed with me forever, for decades. Wow, if only the United Nations ran everything, it would be a much better world, right? Well, it's one of the most corrupt institutions on the face of the earth, uh, anti-American, anti-Israel. Uh, they're stealing money like crazy, and they're not to be trusted. And oh, by the way, one of their ideals is taking weapons from the people, de-arming the people. And they have that sculpture there in the guard. They got two. One of a gun with the barrel is bent, like you can't use the gun anymore. Isn't that beautiful? Well, uh, I don't know about that, actually, because it took power to deform that gun. It took force to, right? And who's going to have that force? The state? The state, the government's going to have that force. What about the rest of us? What will they do to us if we don't, right? It, it's there to protect us. And the, the other thing, it was a similar statue given to the United Nations by whom? The Soviet Union, the USSR, also uh, an anti-gun message. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, do you remember the name Daniel Cameron? Daniel Cameron. He's the Attorney General of Kentucky, and he's running for he's running for governor there. And he's Trump backed, and I really hope he wins. Really sharp guy, and um, they're playing up they're playing up his opponent really, really big. The national media has a big stake in this. I'll have more on that tonight. Daniel Cameron. Uh, very impressive guy. Uh, more tonight on the uh, Newsmax show. Hey, have you noticed we live in New York, right? Most of us, uh, I know we're all over the place, but in New York, when's the last time you heard anybody say y'all? As in y'all going somewhere? Y'all, right? You you all. It's a Southern thing, right? It's a, it's a, I, I, I lived in the South. I lived in Mississippi. I lived in North Carolina. I lived in the panhandle of Florida. I lived in a lot of places. I don't really even remember it down there as a thing. I, you know who says it? Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton makes it a big thing. Y'all, y'all want to hear a song? And everybody goes crazy. Now, you turn on MSNBC on a weekend, right? And oh, by the way, it's like, uh, it's like Al Sharpton has a show, all right? I mean, Al Sharpton has a show. They, they're a little bit on the nose when it comes to um, diversity. And I, quite frankly, I'm sorry. I think that this is... So this is Jonathan Capehart, very elegant man, incredibly well-dressed, and I've actually met him a couple of times. He's a very sophisticated guy. Why does he sound like this on television? You ready? He's he's from New Jersey, oh, by the way. Okay, do they say y'all in New Jersey? Listen to how many times he says y'all. Cut 33. All right, y'all, we've got five minutes. You know, the wind's at, the wind's at y'all's back, backs right now. Maybe because he's been charged with a crime. Come on, y'all. Y'all going to leave the state again? Uh, now, why would he be doing that? I think, quite frankly, it's to emphasize um, it's to emphasize race, perhaps, right? That this is a, I, I have a thing. It's a clumsy effort to do that. Now, Simone Sanders has a show as well. Simone Sanders, you know her? I actually have a soft spot for Simone. I'll tell you why after this thing. I mean, she's a crazy, radical, uh, leftist uh, nut job. But I do have a soft spot for her. 
but she's from Nebraska. And that's not in the South, right? That's We don't consider Nebraska the South. That's the Midwest. Listen to how she talks during her show, Cut 34. On an Instagram Live again. It wasn't even his live, y'all. But first, y'all, our bestie is here. And we're going to have to leave it there, y'all. Welcome to you both. Okay, y'all. Okay, y'all. Time for some serious girl talk. I mean, what that? So this is how Simone Sanders sounds normally, all right? This is her... Uh, uh, three years ago. Ready? Cut 35. You can see the consolidation of the support behind Senate, uh, behind Vice President Biden as a testament to that. Vice President Biden won the Democratic nomination in the earliest moment and point in time than any Democratic nominee in the last 16 years. That, to me, says Democrats are not in disarray. The Democrats are actually on one accord. And we are working in concert to do everything we can to be successful this November. Now, I didn't hear one y'all in that. I looked at a bunch of it. No, it just has become a thing. It's a thing now. Why is that? Why? Why? Why are people emphasizing? I don't know. There's something um, phony about it. Totally phony. And you have a lot of uh, people playing to the elites on television. It doesn't matter what they look like, by the way. White, black, Asian, doesn't matter, right? All playing to a certain group. And that group is other elites, all right? And they do whatever they can to virtue signal, to say, look at this, you I, to hold on to that power and status. They blow off the audience. They really don't care too much about the audience. That's how I see it. All right. And uh, Frank in New Jersey, hello. Hey, how you doing? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, awesome. First time, long time. Um, real quick, I have a solution for Mayor Adams. He has, um, he's where he's complaining all about these immigrants. Why, does, why doesn't he send them to Jersey City? They brag about being a sanctuary city. Send them over there. They got Ellis Island right there. There's a lot of room and boards there. They fix that place up. You oh, remind me, Ellis Island. You know what that was? A port of entry. Isn't it amazing? 120 years ago, we were organized about immigration. Ten times more organized than we are today. It's a colossal mess. Jersey City. Who's the I'm sending to Jersey City? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Just get him the hell out of New York. All right. Sorry, uh, uh, hey Frank. And by the way, don't you live in New Jersey? Wouldn't you uh, not like that? Oh, I, listen, I'm all for helping people. The right. I don't way. see how this is helping anybody, quite frankly, having migrants shuffling them around uh, America. Come here the legal way. Uh, become a citizen. Don't give me this crap about you're in under persecution. All right. We all know why you're coming here. OK. All right. The land of plenty. You're ruining the country right away. You're ruining it. All right. Come here legally. Do it the right way. Sneaking across the border. It's insane. And we're going to lose the country. And why? I'll say it because too many of these people do not support American values. And to be an American citizen, no matter what the hell you look like, you got to support American values. And it's a beautiful thing when that happens because you have to make the conscious decision to do so. Other countries, especially in Europe, are falling away. They are losing everything, everything uh, because of uh, uh, mass migration patterns, mass migration. All right, thank you. Let's try Max in Manhattan, yeah. Greg, thank you for taking my call. You were asking yourself or the audience, why do, why do uh, so many people or news organizations hate Trump? And the answer I have is because he is not in with the neocons. He is not in for starting wars in other countries. This is a big plus for the neocons. If you're on the right or the left, 
you're expected to start wars. They can, they convince you. The think tanks convince you to start wars in other countries. This is what Trump is standing. Trump is standing on his own two feet right here, and he's not giving into that. This is why he's hated. Now that's interesting, but um, it doesn't explain to me, you know, like why my neighbor hates him so much. All right, I mean, she's not. She's not. And remember the anti-war movement? That was a thing. You could be anti-war and be accepted in American society very well. All right. You could be. A lot of people kind of still are. So what about the Democrats? Why they're so worked up? You mentioned the neocons, the John Boltons, those people, Wolfowitz. But what about like kind of rank and file Democrats who have worked themselves up into a frenzy? How do you explain them? Okay, it's the neocons and the neocon agenda. The the neocons are pulling all the strings. Wait, let me, let hey, me what does here. the neo in, in con mean anyway? I know it means new, kind of. I never really, to be honest, I don't, I, to, to this day, I have read it a million times. I have looked it up. I've had it explained to me, and I still do not know what the hell neocon means. I just don't. Uh, and most of the people who are called neocons, as far as I can tell, were always cons. I mean, they were cons, but they were also conservatives. It sounded like they were liberals and they became conservatives. All right, Max, thank you. Um, let me try. Uh, let me try. Well, let me try something totally different. I think we have to talk a little bit about Daniel Penny and uh, we're rooting for him. I'm so glad that the American people have responded in a big way to his uh, his cause. We have to keep him free. He didn't do anything wrong. He went up against one of the top 50 subway menaces in uh, New York. And Daniel, I'm sorry, Neely, Jordan Neely. He was a deranged guy. And oh, by the way, there are some other instead of just saying, oh, this is a black and white issue. Right. Why do we do that? Because it's easy and too many people think it's safe. I've been looking into Jordan Neely's uh, background. Guess what? The father split at a very early age. I notice he's showing up at press conferences. You know why? Relatives are coming out of the woodwork. Cash. There's money. And they can smell it. There's money coming. Right? Now, I have not seen Ben Crump show up, but his wingman, Al Sharpton, is getting very, very busy. Anyway, I saw Jordan Neely's father. He showed up. He was... uh, Not there for Jordan. I wonder if Mr. Jordan Neely's father, if the father had showed up in Jordan Neely's life as readily and as attentively as he showed up for that press conference, maybe this whole thing could have been avoided. Huh? How about that? (laughs) Hello? Yeah, it's true. But you can't talk about that. No, 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 no. You can't talk about personal responsibility. You can't talk about those things. You can't you can't make anybody feel uncomfortable. You can't oh my goodness gracious, and the moment somebody says, That's racist, everybody shuts up and runs. Everybody shuts up and runs. And you know who plays that the best and the most? White liberals. Absolutely. You the, the, and it's it's a minefield, all right? Say the wrong thing and bye bye. Uh, so most people don't even bother. And I can understand that. But they're messing with the wrong Marine. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, uh, there are a bunch of protesters getting arrested on Capitol Hill right now in white T-shirts. Something tells me they lean left. Just a hunch. Just a hunch, but I think they're leftist protesters and they're causing a bit of a ruckus there. 
and uh, they're arresting people left and right. They put a bunch of crap on the ground and they're getting locked up. And uh, something tells me they'll all be free to go by uh, dinner time <laughs> at the latest. All right. Because, uh, well, they lean left and you can obstruct a government proceeding to the cows come home. If you're a leftist, no problem. But if you're conservative and if you don't break anything, you don't hurt anybody. This is one of the things they said about Trump. What a monster he is because he wants to pardon a lot of the January Sixers. Well, remember, a lot of the January Sixers did not hurt anybody, did not break anything. It's called popular democracy. Would you go and protest the debt limit, the debt ceiling talk? I mean, what do you, it's a really, I, how do you, what, what's the rallying cry? What do you, do not default, or you must def- What do you say when you're a protester like that? Hey, the other thing, and I got Fox News staring me in the face. Hey, we got to put Newsmax on, all right? Would you, could we put a little Newsmax on? I work there for crying out loud. And I think this is a good occasion to program permanently the television to Newsmax because we're beating CNN. All right. I don't want to see any televisions on CNN anymore. We actually are beating CNN. Uh, the entire primetime lineup beat uh, CNN. That's a big deal. I talked about it earlier, the distribution and all that stuff. And another reason to not watch Fox News. You know, Brett Baer is a, is, a, is a great guy and he's got a beautiful family and those kids. And I read the book also about the little the, uh, the kid had a heart issue and uh, it's an amazing story. Um, and there are certain things he does well. Uh, a talking head pundit, that's not one of his things. He just came on for 20 minutes and he talked about how there will probably be hearings as a result of the Durham report. I mean, not one not one little tidbit, nothing interesting, nothing. Give me something. Give me something. Like, give me on page 76 how they go all the way over to the United Kingdom to interview uh, British agents who know about Papadopoulos. And they're interviewing him. And the British people are like, you realize there's nothing here. There's nothing at all. And the, the American agent is like, yep. So what are you going to do? We have to pursue it. You are? Yeah, I know. It sucks. It says it right in the report. It sucks. It sucks. The whole case sucks. It's in there, but you got to read it. You got to read it and read it and read it. And that's a pain in the neck. Hey, did I ever tell you I once, uh, this happened to me twice, actually, because I like to read the original material. I don't like to hear somebody give me the gist of anything. And by the way, again, on my Newsmax show, which is we really are turning some serious heads, I illustrated in amazing visual form with the help of my great team that only three and a half million people saw the CNN town hall, but 27 million saw other people talking about the CNN town hall and they were being fed disinformation, misinformation about what happened, about what Trump did and did not do at that town hall. And it's thoroughly unfair, but they're getting a biased, uh, totally one sided view of what happened there. Most people are getting it because they don't go to the trouble of actually seeing it uh, firsthand. And the other thing is, yeah, most people are not going to read this report. And I understand it's 300 pages, and it goes on and on and on. And just like uh, Barbara said, um, James Madison was the guy. He warned about this, all right? they they. Let me see if she sent me the quote yet. She's pretty great, good about that stuff. Let me see. Excuse me. And as I look for it, I will tell you this. There is a new Siena College poll out that shows Trump at 60% and DeSantis at 9%. Wow. All right, here's the Madison quote. It will be of little avail to the people that the laws are made by men of their choice. If the laws be so voluminous, they cannot be read or so incoherent that they cannot be understood. Isn't that wild? Isn't that wild? And also, 
it's easy to write something long and complicated. And this is the French philosopher Pascal, although Mark Twain also gets credit for it sometimes. If I, uh, let's see, uh, if I had more time, I would have written a shorter letter. Get it? Get it? That's really good. Why is it the same message every day about other shows? But uh... Okay. Um, now, with that, I got to kind of get across the street, but uh, let's take a couple of quick calls. Andrew and Stanhope, hi. Hey, what's up, Greg? Just wanted to comment on your your neighbor, why she doesn't like Trump. First, she's probably a white snob lady, and many of Trump's um, accomplishments don't directly affect her, like school choice, which helps inner city minorities go to better schools. Her kids already go to a good school, so she doesn't care. And the uh, rise in energy prices, she can withstand it, withstand, and not starting a new war, any new wars. Her kids are not in the military. She's not in the military, so that doesn't directly affect her. Prison reform, like Barbara brought out, her kids aren't getting locked up for marijuana charges like inner city kids were. So they're selfish, and they just see it as a popularity, like as personality. Well, he's crude, and he acts as Hollywood. But those things that help minorities and lower income, that doesn't affect her directly. So she doesn't care about other people enough. Who? That's why she doesn't like him. Who's she? she? Who? The lady that lives next door to you that doesn't like Trump. Oh, her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And she doesn't live right next door to me. She lives in my building, though. Uh, Andrew, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, let's try John in Staten Island. Yes. Hey, Greg. I was going to say, I saw a congratulation. Nielsen says you beat out your uh, opponent at CNN. I know that's uh, Chris Wallace. Unfortunately, the poor guy messed up the entire presidential election. I think he interfered. But my point is, Hochul and Adams mentioned regards to their big plan last October was cameras, cops, and care. Huh? So both, all three are lost. All right. The cameras don't do nothing when you have a guy punching a 67 year old lady. The cops ain't there because Adam says they're there and they're not. And the care, there isn't any. All I know is there's another 49 out of 50 listed as top potential uh, threats to victims of the subway. Why would they put those pictures up on every station so we know which crazies are there? All right, John, thank you. Hang in there. Hey, the other thing I got to do here is this real quick. Uh, Fetterman is back in the United States Senate. He really should go back to that home or that treatment facility because I'm sorry, he's not better yet. All right. Here he is on some committee hearing. You ready for this? It's uh, yeah, it's not good. It's not good. This guy's not recovered yet. Go ahead. Is, is it staggering? Is it a staggering response responsibility that a, the, that the head of a bank could literally could literally crash our economy? It's astonishing. That's like if you have. I mean, like, uh, and and they also realize is that 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 now they have it's in a guaranteed a guaranteed way to be saved by no again by no matter no matter by, by how you know so it, it's it's you know isn't it appropriate that the those kinds of the, this kind of control should be more stricter to prevent this kind of thing from going or should we just go on and start bailing and sailing whoever bank regardless of how, how their, their conduct is. The witness doesn't know what the hell to do or say. Now, I'll give you an example. Uh, the Republicans want to give a, a work requirement for SNAP. 
you know, for a, 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 a hungry family has to, to have these this kind of penalties or these some kinds of word working uh, required. Shouldn't you have a working requirement after we sell your bank with billions of your bank? All right. Well, he's kind of recovering at the end there, but uh, he's not. Uh, this is not senatorial caliber, right? You know who is Dr. Oz, Mehmet Oz. It still really burns me up that uh, what went down in Pennsylvania, and I'm not. Uh, I've got my doubts about the uh, fairness of elections in, in Staten Island, but uh, I'm sorry, in um, in Pennsylvania. Staten Island is the one place where it's – I think we're okay as far as elections go. All right, so that is pretty much it. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Hey, is there a TV show I should be watching? Mike in Wayne, New Jersey, real quick. Greg, real quick, do you think these guys being placed in these schools amongst our children are properly vetted for diseases? No, they're not. Biden never put in a requirement for uh, illegals crossing the southern borders that they mandated uh, vaccines for them, but he cost people hundreds of thousands of American lives, lost their jobs, our hero vets, cops, you know, all that. And now these people come here, no requirements whatsoever, none. Damn straight. Damn straight. Something like uh, so many other they've been exposed to like the horrible stuff like polio. You know, some of these countries don't vaccinate for polio. Polio. I mean, we licked polio in uh, whatever that was, 1957 or something like that. Jonas Salk. What a guy. A New Yorker, I I think, actually. He was uh, he was from nearby here. He wasn't a great student when he was starting out in school. He needed some remedial work. But what did he do? Huh? You saved millions of lives and changed the world. Thank you, Dr. Salk. And thank you. Thank you for helping us beat CNN. I'll see you tonight at 10 o'clock. 